Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. I'm Tyler Bell, your host, the writer, creator, etc., doer, maker of things from the West Side Fairy Tales. If you're new here, don't worry. This is not a fiction story. You can skip right past this to the next story in the line. The next chapter should be of Sin Carriers if you want. Um, and if not, uh, welcome, welcome to the to the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. This is a nonfiction, um, loose, more podcasty type podcast. This is definitely more of the uh, sitting alone in your basement, talking into a microphone vibe. Although I'm not in my basement, I am alone and I am talking into a microphone. So you know, hey, two out of three, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> the lightest and most inaccurate Mars Attacks reference you'll ever hear. Um, welcome though. Uh, I hope you guys are going to, I hope you guys are, are having a good day. It is, uh, May right now. It's finally clicked over Derby weekend where I live in Louisville. So I am nursing a hangover right now and preparing to be nursing one again here in just another 24 hours. It's going to be wonderful. Um, I'm going to spend the entire weekend, uh, crying, reminding myself that I am in my mid thirties and should not be drinking and doing so doing so anyway and it's going to be it's going to be a great time it's going to be a lot of fun and i hope you guys have um a lot of fun with this episode that i'm bringing up and and you know whatever it is that you're doing in your free time um today's episode is a interview i've been doing more of these and i enjoy the hell out of them and i'm going to be doing more this is an interview with steve lafond of the whichever path audio drama it is an ongoing series of stories where you listener can help uh pick the next part of the story by voting at whicheverpath.com. I've been in a few. I starred in one of them, one of his stories. And uh you know, we go into all that and we talk about it and Steve is also um the uh I can't remember if he's the co-chair specifically, but he is a a a founding member of the Decolonize and Discover Festival and you can learn all about that as we get into this episode. So um, just kind of sit back, kick back, um, and enjoy. All right, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Longtime friend of the West Side Fairy Tales, Steve LaFond. Everybody applaud. You can't hear yourself applauding, but you're applauding right now. What's up, Steve? I am basking in this mock applause. Yeah. For those of you who don't know us. Um, it's roaring I, right now. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, it is so great to be able to talk to you after like months. We've been exchanging texts like crazy. I've been praising sin carriers. Thank you. you know, at <laughs> random times of the day at you. And uh, <sighs> if, if, if y'all are only right now currently listening to the uh, like, you know, like you're just catching up. Um, I won't give any spoilers. Just get through it because it is fucking fire. It is probably Thank some you. of the best character characterization I've seen in a in like for like that many characters. Hey, this I'm is fine. about you. You're you're on. You're a guest here. All right. We're, we're complimenting you. Today. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Time you fucking I, blushing over here. Digital I, blushing. I, so Thank you. I've learned. Now I've learned the truth, which is that Tyler is 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 having a hard time taking the praise when we're speaking. Yeah, but at least has <laughs> enough time to wave me off while I'm texting it. So I've now done it publicly. I'll stop. Hello, no. my friend. Did I wave you off? I didn't mean to. I'm no, horrible. No, I, I'm, I'm horrible fucking... about responding to people's uh, like praise, and I don't know what to do about it. 
I'm just, I'm just doing that. I'm doing that whole like, uh, you know, assigned male at birth, natural dude, bro. Let's oh yeah, not, I'm getting. Not, are you nagging me? Really talk about our feelings. So like, I'm just gonna tease you about the fact I praise you because it tickles me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fucking great. No, it's definitely that's a that's a change up, man. That is definitely something that's not endemic to my existence before. I do not get you didn't get a praise. You get praised for like uh, violence back in the nineties. You know, if you like right. hit a kid so hard that you permanently altered the, the the trajectory of their life going forward in a, a fourth grade football game, praise. A little bit of ice cream even. But like you wrote a you wrote a little you wrote a little cute thing. Everyone's like, Oh, that's yeah. a nice little romantic thing. No, you you can't even do that. No. <laughs> I mean I, I feel like, you know, I was like a very angry, like bared teeth behind black lipstick goth princess angry kid yeah and all that edgelord shit of the 90s like all the stuff that a lot of gen z and millennial folks are like what the fuck that was our survival mechanism that was the closest we had to like it, it to like getting out that emotion and i gotta say right now i kind of love taking the the the, the sincere shit now and using it on people who one weren't used to it or two like are more in touch with it but aren't expecting it and and, and as long as it's sincere i'm not going to give you bullshit yeah yeah like i feel like all the ways that we found to tear people down that same instinct can be used to actually build people up and it's even better when you're on the east coast because we're not la we don't have an agenda we're not like i'm not trying to get you to do anything for me we've already done stuff together yeah yeah no great work i'm not on your show I'm listening as a fan and I love it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You know, I just, um, I don't know if you got my emails. I don't know if you got my emails. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fucking TikTok, right? And so, um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that's you blowing it, up on it. Yeah, like it's, it, it's actually pretty fucking funny. Uh, it's nothing, it's nothing I can capitalize on. I, I tried to do my shit that I would be like, oh, I'm going to grow my brand. Here, I've made, I put uh, two hours into this beautiful little horror thing, and it seems mm-hmm. kind of casual, and it seems like it's platform appropriate, 10 views. I get on there, and I make fun of some fucking Karen lady for just being, like, uh, a mean bitch to young people, and it's, like, 90,000 fucking likes. It's the zeitgeist. Three quarter of a million views. Yeah, I mean, what, what the fuck? And then I don't get anything off of it. It's not like I get, I, I, none of them are, like, converting to new podcast followers. It's just a different thing that I do. It's your side and fame. It really is. I feel like maybe if I get up, if somehow I like, I really pop off on there and I get to like a million likes, I'll be able to sell like 10 books off of it. But as as long as I treat it, I treat it like it is a fucking shit, like a trash pile, you know? And I just, Mm -hmm. I put all my, 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 my shit bits in there, but I have been seeing, um, because I've been pick, I pick fights with her. I'm, I'm the opposite. Uh, the sort of sure. the, the left hand of what you were talking about before, you know, like the sincere compliments and taking all yeah. that negativity. I take all that negativity and I turn it into additional negativity, but point it in the right direction. <laughs> I, so. I do appreciate that about a lot of ones I've seen from you um, because I've seen them as reels because I'm 43. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so <laughs> he said, I, I can't I, get away from the Zuckerberg platforms. I hit a certain age. Yeah, I, I, I'm living in the strip mall. So like what I'm saying oh right now God. is that um, what I thought was funny is that while you're doing that, so when we're talking about politeness, my my new thing, instead of just being mean, is to be almost uh, Dadaist inscrutable on a rage filled, ancient like citizen uh, Facebook group for Concord, New Hampshire. So today 
there are people going off about Popeye's chicken opening in the area, which we waited an hour and a half in line to get Popeye's tonight because it just opened yesterday. And there are 15 posts complaining that this Popeye's chicken is here with a lot of people saying, why are we even posting about Popeye's chicken? And I am just going (laughs) to town on these people. It is so much fun. Dude, I mean, it's got to be like, you've told me stories. I don't know if anybody else that might be slightly confused by that pronunciation because you're also not from New England. Concord, uh, New Hampshire is Concord. He's he's not on the Concord as in like they conquered New Hampshire. Like it's like a really cool page. It's just Concord, New Hampshire. Yeah, so the Concord, New Hampshire page is probably fucking popping off, but the Concord... In essentially, essentially, that's what the Free State Project is trying to do. They're trying to conquer New Hampshire oh my um, God. to try to make it uh, some like libertarian hellscape where our bears are no longer afraid of people and are attacking folks at will. I made a but, fucking mistake and I accidentally told one of those guys that you shared on the tw- the Twitter to eat shit, and now I'm fucking getting Free State propaganda. For everywhere, I thought you guys had them regulated only or relegated only to your state, but they're fucking spreading apparently. Oh, oh no! Like they, there's like a whole new wing of the Libertarian Party that are just basically these just far right like incel dipshits who are just like for some reason deciding that the free thought idea of libertarianism didn't matter, so instead they're just being like edge lord racists yeah. and like and like dry humping every idea of landlord rights that I've ever seen and. No. They're ridiculous. No, yeah, they're they're just monarchists. Ultimately, yeah. like all their oh, shit I, boils down yes. to fundamentally, they're like, you know, every man's a king in his castle. But literally, I want to be a king in a castle. Like, I want uh-huh. to destabilize uh-huh. the world. I want everything to disintegrate around me, and I want to ride around on a fucking horse on my giant tracts of land and hunt peasants. Like that that that's ultimately what it is. It's insane the they kind of people have- that are drawn to it. And up here, like, there were so many, like, people of color that were, like, libertarians coming from weird spots because, like, really, that was the idea. And they've – most of them have moved out because during the whole George Floyd riots, you know, most of the um, chuds up here who are libertarians are also, like (laughs) – which I think is great. They they alternate between bootlicking and hating every cop. But when the riots came – the black libertarians were like, okay, guys, now it's time to like march with these folks. And they're like, oh no, let the cops, let let the cops stomp them. Now that I've, now that I've got another target on my back from, from that side. uh, Hi. Uh, So we're we're talking. Did we, I did actually fucking introduce you the right way. You did from whichever path. Sorry. We we were already talking and then we're doing, I'm not good. This is, you're my third interview. I, to be fair, Tyler, I didn't even let you start. I just started jumping in talking about how good your show was. And I think that that, you know, sort of gave It's you not the worst way to start a conversation. You know, <laughs> just, you know, I just, I, I, I hit you in the ear as we started. It was yes. like slap fighting. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm Stephen LaFon. I am one half of the creative force behind the Whichever Path podcast, which is now four years old. Um, we do an interactive anthology that talks with the uh all of our protagonists are based in new england so like kind of like the west side fairy tales has often been a, a certain region for a long time uh we focus on all the areas and people populations and subgroups in new england that are typically not seen in a stephen king story 
mm-hmm. or if they are, they're sort of tokenized. Yeah. And so we, and so I'm the, uh, I'm the white blue eyed half of us. I, and my wife journey, who's friggin' amazing is also in here with us. And together we try to create these interactive stories that between each episode, there's a vote for, for you to make a decision. So our audience can actually move the course of our story. Um, if some of you, uh, who have, you know, been a fan of West Side Fairy Tales for a while, might have known that uh, Tyler has actually played three roles on our show. Yes. But most importantly was season four, which was called Sentry, where you were the head character known as you, and you were telling the entire story in second person. And only 2.5-ish of those characters are racist. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Out of the three characters, 2.5 were racist. Um, Steve calls me up and says, hey, man, I got a role for you in this next thing. I, I love the way that you worked in the last project as a racist. He's tall and he's a little angry and he's a white racist. <laughs> Would you mind playing that again? Oh, I've been, God. I've been, I'm, I'm typecast so up bad. in the up in New Hampshire. No, it's it's all good. Not anymore. Not anymore. You was one of the definitive roles because yes. And and I wanted to talk a little bit about that character. If you if y'all get the chance, check it out. But he's a vet. Uh, he had he, he's in an interracial marriage. They have a trans son. Something starts sort of stalking the house while the neighborhood is also kind of turning very uh, far right. Mm-hmm. And we follow the protagonist, who is basically us, uh, through this decision, through, through various decision points. Because at one point, the kid is in definite danger, and there's only one person that can help, and it's the father. And the guy's flawed, and he's amazing, and he's really deep. And like, these were some of the more controversial votes. We had a lot of DMs where people were like, "Damn, man, this isn't easy." Uh, what was a little shocking was we actually wound up getting a lot of active military service folks in Texas and also in, I think, Arizona who were writing to us because they found the show because of Century. Oh, no shit. Uh, because it was actually, as they put it, eerily close to their current situation. So we had active service people with trans children who were like, this is fucking crazy. We are going through this. Oh, I wouldn't even be. I wouldn't even be surprised. It, it's got to be a pain in the fucking ass to have a trans kid in the military of all places, especially um, now. Yeah, and not because of the military itself. That that's in general probably going to be like hilariously like, more accepting than you would think. Um, and I know right. you know it's it's fine and it's fair if there's anyone out there you want to dog on the military. I understand people have their beef with it, and I'm not going to fight you on that. Um, but it does tend to be way more uh, uh, lefty in the military than you would ever think. I feel like if it was more right and it was as like kind of right wingy, like super fascist, uh, Mm -hmm. we would definitely be just a full blown like Nazi state, but there's a lot of resistance to that sort of stuff. Cause the only kind of people that can work for the military are the kind of people who are poor and disenfranchised, you know, like the people that are like willing to take that kind of money to get shit on. But my yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, but the uh, just that that sort of Damocles that's going to be hanging over your head because everything that happens in the military ultimately goes back to Capitol Hill, and so you do you mm-hmm. are going to have people that are like, well, typically all of this medical care, mental health care, whatever the hell is going to be paid for because it's part of the service, but now you've got to worry about some fucking. Uh, gibbering psycho fucking nutbag like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to come out of the fucking woodwork and be like, ah, 
cutting fucking titties off. Blah, blah, blah. Fucking losing their minds about shit. Right. No fucking understanding of the situation at hand. Nothing actual legitimate to add to the conversation, but just, hey, we ra- we might randomly fuck up your life, and uh, you're either stuck in this career where your kid's going to be like, you know, in a sketchy situation, or you can jump out of the frying pan, possibly into the fire. And I, I have a lot of respect mm-hmm. for that possibility. Yeah, I, I think that that's great. I had a question for you, and I think that this is something that a lot of people seem to forget because in this world of like hyper tribalism, mm-hmm. the idea of it is like in the service too. Like literally, while there's all those things that are sort of socialized, and we can talk about how problematic that is all day. Politics aside, you're there to do your job. Everybody has to do their their thing. Like you have to do it. So regardless of what's going on, like you know, you're you're enlisted. Here we go. And I think that. At that point, it's like, look, are you doing your shit? Yeah, I don't, I don't care where you're peeing. But then, you know, you get out, and then you're seeing the way that everybody else is dealing. I found some people who seemed more conservative when they came out, and while they were pretty socially liberal, the reason they weren't fully on the left was that they were seeing, you know, the indoctrination of, oh, these people don't really give a shit. Or, you know, like, they, like, you know, I feel like sometimes civilian life can be a letdown for some of the people that I've talked to. Like, oh, generally, yeah. People's idea. So, like, then you've had people who are like, well, my dad was a Republican. He also served. So I'm still a Republican. Do I care if gay people are married? No. Do I care if trans people exist? No. Or rather, I'm open to it. But I'm going to vote on this side because the other side basically is still got that weird echoes of Vietnam like mentality. Yeah, or they're being looked or they're being looked down on by somebody with an under, with like uh, an MFA. <laughs> God, an MFA. Jesus Christ, I couldn't. Not me. I couldn't be the yeah. one. No offense to anybody out there with a, a master's in fine arts degree. Uh, well, I got, I've got a surprise for you, Tyler. Steve Lafond is a graduate of the Bennington Writing Seminars 2011 Master in Fine Arts Creative Writing Fiction. I'm not. There's no judgment against you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I know you. what you're I talking about. I love you just as equally as every. <laughs> you, you, you're, you're, you're just like all the rest of the kids. I love all of you equally. I have no favorites, which is what Thanks. you always say to the one that's not the favorite. <laughs> I, am a, I am 100% your Bobby Hill. <laughs> I don't hate you, Bobby. <laughs> Not me, the MFA program. Oh, no, I hate the MFA. Program. I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about with the MFA shit, though, because that stuff irritated me before I got I went to college because I, I went right. to college late. I didn't go to college straight out and I was not the kind of guy to ever just go to college. The only reason I went is because it was free and uh, they were going to pay me to go to college. My scholarship was full ride plus like, you know, um, money because it was a combat veteran. And so oh, I was like, well, as long as I'm going to school, I can, I can give free money to drink and, and keep this alcoholism train fucking rocking baby. And so I fucking, I, that's why I went. It was your minor. Um, my minor was English. Actually. Oh, I thought it was drinking. No, no. <laughs> it's I double minored in, in English and drinking, talking. And oh, t- yes. t- when I wasn't talking, I was drinking and that's how I fucking got through the, uh, the, the second half of school. Um, but no, uh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it is that, um, I, even as an MFA person, you know, the MFA people for real though, you know, that like, um, well now that I've, I've gotten this piece of paper, mm-hmm. most certainly I am now talented. And if I'm not necessarily talented, I'll only ever find that out by just never writing and having never written. I can't prove that I'm not talented, but I am definitely an authority on who is and who isn't. 
Oh, sure. I, I might not be able to walk past this gate, but I can sure as shit keep it. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that's true. I think that what's scary is what people don't seem to see, realize is that I think sometimes in the writing community, and I, I have so many of my dear friends I hold so close to my heart that are that do literary fiction, that actually do like really amazing poetry, um, people who are actually teaching, right? Mm-hmm. I respect and love them, but there's so many people in that satellite that are really insanely toxic and disingenuous. And yeah, and, it's and, the and, uh, you have you have that in every scene, but mm-hmm. I but but you get some really uh, interesting folks because they because also writing. What do you often do is you're communicating conflict and high drama scenarios. And I found that just like theater kids, but on a more insular level, we can get pretty fucking savage with each other, and yes. and and it's unfair. And at the same time, too, a lot of these folks that were coming out of it, and I can only speak for like the white folks in my experience, many of those that could afford to do this as a luxury thing, like I was going in my 30s, some of these folks literally, they were just going right from like their really nice house and I'm going to get all class warrior. And like, you know, they, they grew up really well. They, they summered places. They had been abroad before they were 12. And their shit is fucking weak, bro. Yeah. Like it is, it is, it, but like it's, but it's their area. Like they're, they're all like the would be Lena Dunham. And yeah. I, and I, and it wasn't my thing. And I, and that's not a gender thing either. Like, it's just like, I'm saying that like, you'd have people who were like, they mainly wrote about their privilege, but then they wrote about their weird emptiness and the bad behaviors they'd make. And for me, I was like, okay, yeah, that's really good. And then I would go places and I was like, oh, you actually, behave that badly all the time yeah they're not they're not writing about their privilege from a place of assessing it and deconstructing it they're they're just like this is endemic to the way this is natural to me but but they write but but some of them write for each other and that's not everybody like there are people that are knocking me out and i'll name drop a million if you let me and i gotta be careful but like uh go ahead you can can fucking drop some names who is it give me three give me three all right right, ready pick Uh, three though not four no i'm doing it right now (laughs) Kristen Hill, who's probably one of the best living poets of our time right now. Um, probably one of my favorite fucking people to read ever. Um, I think Sam Cha is absolutely wonderful. And uh, so that's two poets. So I've done two poets, which is hilarious because like most people think I wouldn't read that just because I look like I'm going to go on a meth run with Zach, with fucking Jax Teller. Um, but I'm really, I'm, they've been knocking me the fuck out and they always have. And I think as far as good literary citizens, um, I would say all of aforementioned press, which is Kieber and Randolph Hoff, they, they put so many cool fucking things out and they literally care about people so much. And, is that a local lit mag? Uh, they're actually um, a full independent press. Um, they do have a lit mag called Apt. Um, full disclosure, I was published in it at one point, but really- uh, Discounted, like, discounted bias. I was actually surprised that they took my shit. Um, but like really like they, they, they're some of the most earnest, like amazing people. And I feel like there's a lot of people in the Boston and like new England writing community that are like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna like, you know, like I love talking like, like giggling, like gallows humor, like negative with you, like all the time, like when we're off. But like, I actually also want to let people know that there's a lot of shit that I fucking love. Oh and yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm I'm on a pretty good emotional high this week, so I just figured I'd share people who are doing something right out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like I like like so like I slag off that I do think there's a lot of lack of experience that sometimes uh, people put no know how knowledge of craft and um, access ahead of experience, and I think that then there are experienced people who have imposter syndrome that are sometimes unwilling to look at trying to do those things because either they thought they're it's not smart enough for them or they just never could do anything with it or that, you know, well, to what end? And I think that, you know, one of the biggest divides we all have is nobody wants to look stupid, right? So, mm-hmm. so, uh, so on one side, I don't understand why anybody would join the military like that or I don't, I don't get that, whatever. Um, those guys are being sent to die, whatever. And then on the other side, it's like, well, what the fuck, man? You don't know anything about me. <laughs> like, why are you talking about what I'm doing? And, and I think that everybody just needs to chill the fuck out and. <sighs> no, no. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about Subscribe that. Uh... to Twitter blue there. I'm going to go. I, I, oh, I ruined, fuck, no. I ruined my point. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. No, no. I get what you're saying to a degree. Um, uh, in my, I've been thinking of something like very similar recently and it's this, uh, as I'm getting older, I get more and more frustrated with people saying, I don't get why thing. I don't get why. Yeah. I don't get why thing. I don't get why this person would do that. I don't get why this person would do that or this mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know? And if, even if it's something that you are, you know, you're a fan of X thing or whatever, a lot of the times it really isn't unironically like act, they're, they're, they're saying it on purpose. Like, I don't get why. And you know, if it's a pundit or whatever, they're trying to articulate that you shouldn't understand why, but I feel like uh, that mentality and a comfortableness with I am ignorant of thing and I don't even think I would like to figure it out. That should mm-hmm. I, I, I've been like every time I see that I'm just I, I feel like it's OK for me to be mean to this person for a little bit, because if you just snap at him a little, it's like, oh, wait, I can't just be comfortable saying that. Like, no, you right. can't. You're being a dick. Like, Why are you being an asshole to me? Why am I being it? Why are you being an asshole? You were a yeah. dickhead first. You just didn't realize it. And then you got fucking slapped in the face. And now, holy shit, look, the fucking world's got all kinds of colors and stuff in it. You were you were just dazed off. And, um, I, you know, I hold myself to the same thing. So every time I've been like, you know, what the fuck? You know, why is that? You know, I, I've actually been looking stuff up and I'm, I, I've been learning fuckloads. And unironically, even if it is something where you're like. I'm a hundred percent against it. You know, if it's uh, some random racist shit, I don't know, three percenters. Mm. Right. And you're like, I don't know why this person would be a three percenter. Uh, if you look into it and you try to figure it out, it's not like you're going to just start commiserating with them, but you might figure out why the fuck they're doing it in a way that can either protect you from them, you know, so that you just know what the fuck it is they're after. Or mm. if you run into them, you can kind of speak to them at their level and be like, Hey, you know, you're a fucking idiot, right? And they're like, why? I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I was wondering, I was wondering about your fucking dumbass identity that you've got going, right? Where you want to just like destroy the world. But like, now I know more about you and, and you know, these things that you think are fucking wrong. I'm like, well, how did you know that? I think those things, like, I fucking looked you up, man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't let it end at just, I don't get you. I tried right. to figure the fuck out. I'm better than you. All right. You're the one that just fucking hates with ignorance. I'm going to fucking hate with knowledge. <laughs> I'm fucking, I, I, I'm one step above. I am bigger monkey. <laughs> I think that, I think that, I think that's pretty fair. Um, what I think that my big thing, like, you know, has been lately, especially is that I know what, uh, so, so for those of you, like I, I mentioned it earlier, like I'm not, I'm, uh, I'm an introvert. I'm in it an interracial relationship and I'm a father of, of mixed kids and we live up in New Hampshire, which is 
97% white. And so there are weirdly quiet about the, the creepy niche, but very there. Sorry. That's that's literally, I'm, I interrupted, but yeah, yeah. Sorry. It is intense the way you guys talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what I wanted to say to everybody, like for that is like now recently things have gotten louder, right? Because like, um, nationals there, I'm not actually not even going to bother with their name because I, they don't need the press, but there's like a bunch of like far right, like neo-Nazi groups that are now starting to get loud. Now, most of them only have like at most 18 members and they've been going around harassing businesses, harassing people because they think, you know, now's the time. And I think mm-hmm. with, with the, it like what, what I do think is funny is while it may be mostly white up here, there's a very large queer population in New England and in New Hampshire. And so there's been like a real rush on them. And so for us, we're like, no, not in our city. And so we're, we've been really active. Um, and one of the things that I've been having to do is use the fact that I grew up like up here and use my white ass face and my big fucking beard and my, you know, my biker looking clothing and talk to people where they're at to just ask them questions that they're not even going to entertain from my wife. Mm -hmm. And in some cases we've really made some great headway talking to neighbors, making them think about things, having people back down, but also talking to our con- uh, like our state reps. I had to testify at the state house at, for two different bills a couple of weeks ago. One of them that would actually make the health care for my teen, for, for, for one of our kids illegal. Um, and also penalize doctors, mental health professionals, teachers or whatever, if they had a gay uh, or trans student come out to them and the parents didn't want that to happen. Like, like basically they want to start reporting kids, like even if their kids are talking to their doctors about gender dysphoria or. Which is fucking wild. Exactly. Like, I, I, I don't have to deal with that because I'm a dude, whatever it is, you know, like like the the scariest thing. And it's in a million fucking movies. Is it like a one day you to not get colon cancer? There's going to be a doctor. He's going to put a finger in your ass and it's going to turn you fucking gay for five minutes. Like that was the entirety of the nineties. You know what I mean? Just scaring guys away from fucking rectal health. Yes. And scaring people away from life-saving procedure. Yeah. And that's the top. And no one ever fucking talked about shit. And then I find out about like all this stuff because I'm married now, you know, and you know, once Mm -hmm. I started dating my wife, I actually had to start paying attention to that shit. I've always been pro-choice, but like, I didn't even realize like it, that was just a fucking a small thing really in a gigantic yeah. sea of shit that is just getting poured on them all the time. And mm-hmm. I remember uh, getting into an argument with somebody like 10, 15 years ago while I was still in the military or getting out of the military about, um, I think this is when in Europe they were arguing against uh, taxes or arguing against uh, putting the VAT tax on, on uh, menstrual products, right? So if you guys don't know, in in Europe, they don't do sales tax. They do value-added tax. It just makes the thing more expensive on the end, but you don't ever pay sales tax over there. Long story short, they're taking the VAT off to make the products overall cheaper for women everywhere. So you're just not taxing menstrual products, which drops them like 20%. Yeah, I think Uh, free in Scotland now too. Yeah, and then that's a a whole new thing, you know, years later. But I was just Mm -hmm. like, well— that's fucking well what's the why why are they doing that and i was like well shit i guess if you got to do it once a month and it's every day and then you got to do it three times that's like a fuck that's like diapers but worse because you know it's the rest of your fucking life that's a pain in the ass 
as far as like spending money goes. I was like, yeah, it makes fucking sense. And then people are getting fucking like pissed at me. And I'm like, what the fuck are you mad at me for? And they're like, well, you got to pay taxes. Like what makes women so special? And I was like, well, I think, I guess it's probably the fact that they're fucking bleeding. And I'm not, I think that's, that's a unique yeah. thing. Is that not what special is? I, I don't know. To, and that I was like one of the beginnings of my things, but now, yeah, the world's it's huge and it's consistent. Yeah. And it is like from every fucking direction. And, and for me, like, I think that my, my whole part of this is that for us, you know, I, I live in a pretty, and some people, anybody who rolls their eyes at this, you, you've, you, you should probably leave the podcast now. Uh, <laughs> the intersectionality of my family when it comes to all of the different things, like queer identity, um, multiracial, black, very outwardly black there are things that we all see that there's a lot of changes. And I mean, like for us, like, you know, like I, I know that a lot of the art and music and stuff that we're consuming is often from places that we're not normally hearing this stuff. Like people like, you know, like I, I read a lot more black writers now. All, most of the podcasts I love are from people of color and it's not a bona fide. It's that they've got a lot of cool shit to say that you haven't given a chance yet. Mm-hmm. And the access sometimes with some of this art, you're seeing some really great perspectives. Um, and so it's also stuff that, of course, you know, my wife, you know, like Journey is really one of the more creative and like biggest forces for, 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 for storytelling and promotion in those spaces right now. And so I love to be able to do my part with whatever access I can give or whatever space I can give for people to fucking do shit. Cause yeah. it's cause hey, just, it a, just a real mind. quick before we, I just want to say, cause uh, we wanted journey to be on this. I guess she couldn't make it tonight and yeah. uh, shout out Dan. I know if you're going to listen back to this much love, I wish you were here tonight journey. I miss you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they'll, they'll definitely appreciate that. Um, they, like one of the things that we love about journey and, and they did. I'm sorry. Did I say she, my bad. They, yeah, but see, this is the thing. What we often try to tell people, and I think that this is the thing, is there's there, there's cool ways to do that without everybody ever having to sweat. And Tyler's now known us for years, so he he knows it's cool. Like we it, like we get it. Like, um, but like, yeah, I, I I have this non-binary baddie in my house who's like wicked fucking fun, and and they. They'd be here too, but one of the things that they've been doing is they're getting ready to do a big thing at UNH. They're going to be the kind of guest moderator and speaker about Trans Visibility Day tomorrow, which, you know, this will come out after that, but, like, that's that's a big day. And it's kind of marred with a lot of controversy, especially at UNH, because a bunch of religious groups had had a vigil that was supposed to be for the victims of the Nashville shooting, but pretty much turned into a, you know, trans demons are coming for you. So... Yeah, we've got that going on. Um, Dude, that, but that like, fucking shit around that goddamn shooting is insane. I'm sorry. Yeah, we we can talk um, about yeah. that in a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, and I want to apologize to everybody. Like I like that. Like I know this is a very free flow, chaotic conversation, but at the same time, you've got two dudes with like PTSD and ADHD who get really manic talking to each other. Like when my two dogs find each other in the room after they go out to pee, like we're we're like jumping on each other and like super excited. So I hope that this is entertaining for y'all. But, but yeah, for me, like I find that when it comes to journey, who's not here, like 
they'd be here with us, but like they have been going like 16 hours straight on planning. Uh, they're a therapist, so they've been doing clinical work. And we're working on the festival and some stuff going around during Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, and you have decolonize and discover. Di- oh my God, stuttering. Decolonize yeah. and discover, right? Or That's discover right. and decolonize. The the decolonize and discover. I did say it right. Um, okay, you said it exactly right. You paused, so. and I was just like, "Fuck." I missed it. No, I was I was doing everything <laughs> I could in my power not to speak over you. Don't you go for it. I've got a, I've got all of the speaking over other people karma against me. You let rip. I think sometimes you talk over yourself. Dude, don't say things like that cuz that's a fuck that's a good point. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I can't I what the hell? Did you just come up with that? Or is that something you've articulated? That's, that's fucking fire. That that's just me talking to you. Right? I'm gonna have I'm gonna be fucking sitting in front of my sink later thinking about that in the dark. What the fuck? <laughs> out of all of the stammering and stuff, you're gonna have to edit out of me talking earlier because you know now I'm a little bit more relaxed. I'm glad that there was like one pearl. <laughs> oh, dude, no, we're going in. We're going in fucking raw. We're clipping the ends off for okay. the intro, out, and this is this is gonna be this is gonna be full on unless there's anything you want to get rid of. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're, I think we're fine. I, I think that I've got to own the fact that I don't. I, I, I find that the people who stole the Libertarian Party from people that I just thought were a little misguided and turned it into a hellhole, that can stay. That's fine. It is um, kind of like, but with all due respect to Libertarians, mm-hmm. and I have plenty in my audience, and I love you guys. And, and honestly, I don't think there's many... I don't think there's many real libertarians, like libertine libertarians left. Pretty much everybody's, it's ANCAPs and like weird monarchists that are hiding behind like two layers of irony and a whole layer of just being absolutely dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it is, it is sort of indicative of the few major shortfallings of the libertarian philosophy kind of that is the American libertarianism. Where it's yeah. like we don't want centralization and we don't want any one sp- specific person to have the power. So we'll let everybody kind of be equal in an unrestricted way where we don't first and foremost put in, you know, um, retainers to make sure everybody's rights stay protected. It's like with, you know, right. a, a collective what you might call like a government or like an overarching state that we all agree on. And so somebody just f- comes in and they swoop up the power, the absolute second, the fucking, the turn rolls to them. It, all of these people that are the libertarians now are all of the people that are like, um, I would instantly do the bad thing in that, that prisoner game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? The fight. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. If anybody else is confused, if you ever seen Batman two, right? The, the, the second Christopher Nolan Batman with the Joker, it's the thing that they have where they're like, there's on two boats. And if you blow up the other boat, then you'll live. But if nobody tries to blow up the other boat, then you both live kind of deal. It, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. Prisoner's yeah, dilemma. So, yeah. The prisoner's dilemma. You, you kill the other side or if nobody decides it, then we all blow up. So, yeah, there's just people that walk around. And they say, I will always do prisoner's dilemma. And it's like, OK, that's cute. Assuming that you always are going to have initiative. So the second you lose initiative, you die. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the, I, I haven't thought that far ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like literally, Steve, literally, 
Okay, it works until the second the bears have initiative. <laughs> exactly, and that's that was actually what happened in Grafton. Like, what if so, like, bear? <laughs> like, yeah, Grafton, New Hampshire was like, we hadn't had bear attacks in New Hampshire for over 100 years. And then because everybody said nobody can tell us what to do up here, we're sovereign people, somebody kept feeding the bears until they realized human beings aren't scary, they're clumsy and naked, they don't have fur, and they are food vending machines. And they started breaking into people's homes, and then they finally started attacking people because they were like, we're not afraid of you anymore. And those were black bears. Black bears are not known for their bravery. Yeah, if black um, bears are fucking you up and you try to bring your shit around where there's grizzlies or polar bears, you're mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. That's it for you. So okay. there's no free staters in Alaska. You're just dead. You're going to stop relying on people? Okay. Bye. Well, <laughs> I mean, they're going to keep trying. They always look silly. And a lot of them just became Republicans up here because it was easier for them to get elected. Of course. Um, uh, uh, all right. So we've jumped all over. I'm sorry. Like we, no, we, no, we no, keep we're going fine. back to this. Keep popping off, oh. man. This is what we write about. But, this is inspiration. But yeah. The reason I think I got a hair across it is like I actually like I feel really bad for a lot of the intellectual and smart um, libertarian dudes who have tried to make an olive branch and try to convert people to their way of thinking. And then having these guys right next to them be like absolutely bizarre. And like one of the things I think one of my friends said recently, um, he's a libertarian, but he, he recently moved to Australia and he was just like, my problem is, is that, you know, sometimes what really keeps people from joining our philosophy are the other people who share it. And I'm like, yeah, um, mine was more simple as I was a kid. Who was the out and out, which side had Nazis show up? Like if you Nazis show up at your rally and you don't kick them out, regardless of whether that's not who you are inside, I can't be with you. Yeah. What, at what point were you, were you like, damn, well, at least I have some friends in the Nazis. It, it's the fucking the the, the turf mm-hmm. rally in uh, was that in fucking New Zealand or was that here yeah. where they were like, uh, well, we really didn't want neo Nazis to show up to this, and they're like, well, they they did, and then you didn't make them leave. Like, I don't know what to say about that. There, there, there's a meme um, from the two towers of Legolas and Gimli. And people often do it. And it's the part where it's like, Gimli's like, never did I thought I would die standing next to an elf. And, and Legolas is like, what about a friend? And it's like, I, I could do that. And they were like, it has a turf over Gimli's, says that over Gimli's face. He's like, never did I think I'd be standing here with the far right. And then, and then Legolas is like, yes, you fucking did. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was just like, and I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm dying I, inside. I feel like I went too hard on libertarians. Let me back up just a second and, and yeah, extend I my my olive. I, I, I libertarian. I love you guys. I was one of you, um, and mm-hmm. still technically am, uh, but more towards the uh, the I guess you would call it the European or Greek tradition yeah. of the libertine. Yeah, uh, which is fundamentally, I am a uh, a non um, authoritarian, functionally you're non- speaking. You're, yeah, which you're is all the best. Quite, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're not. Uh, you're not quite the full A word. No, the, what, what, what's mm-hmm. the air authoritarian? Was that the A word? No, the other one, the one that every skateboard teen would spray paint everywhere. Oh, anarchist. 
No. Yeah. See, I <laughs> said say, it once. You can say you anarchist. Say, if, if you if you say oh. it one more time, is it Beetlejuice? Is it Beetlejuice yeah, rules? It's Beetlejuice rules. Oh, I don't mind. I'll, gonna... I'll I'll scrap with I'll scrap with their ilk anytime. I I love them too. Um, they're always invited yeah. to come come chitter chat with me. I, I I actually yeah I actually find them I, I find them pretty pleasant. Um, uh, in really, general, um, yeah. The the, the thing but, is, is the same thing happened to them. So pretty yes. That happened to the libertarians. Except for they had less to shake off and the libertarians had a little bit more. And so like with the libertarians, all the good ones left. And then with the anarchists, all the bad ones left. Yeah, it's weird. And joined the same team, by the way, if you guys don't know that. Um, Most of the the libertarians, sorry, let me finish my thing from before for just a second. The libertarians that are about non uh, fighting back against the non-representative government. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when you're about your freedoms are being the the group's general freedoms are being restricted, things like sexuality, religion, um, access to pharmaceuticals, access to Mm -hmm. work, access to the natural resources, which should not individually belong to any person, because there's there's no point where you can just really own a natural resource. That shit is moving and stuff underneath you, but I I won't get into it that I'm a hundred percent about. You know, mm-hmm. limiting government overreach because when those libertarians started coming up and we're talking about the fucking 80s and shit, Reagan did switch the, the um, you know, Republican conservative sort of structure from, you know, less government, uh, less regulation into this beast that actually wanted more regulation and more government, but just not on capital. They wanted it on, on women, on minorities. They wanted fucking cops on the ground, you know, and rifles in everybody's hands. Yeah, exactly. The grievance, the grievance party. And I, and I, and I think that that's what's so funny to, to talk about. And I know like, you know, there are far smarter people than me. And I do think it's funny how you, you and me right now, like, we're waxing eloquent about all sorts of like communities that we've been adjacent to or close in our own experience. And I do know that there are way better people that that could talk about it than me. But I do know that like when I'm watching this from my neighbors or people that I would have grown up with to watch them really go too far afield in some really unhelpful ways. It's, it's a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like the way we can actually get through to them is you, we there's twofold. And I think that there's like the Tyler way that works actually pretty well with the people we can't convince. You're really good at shutting up the people who aren't going to be swayed. And I think that that's awesome. Thank you. And I think, and I think that one of the other things that I tend to do, which is, you know, I, I loved your way. I embraced it. It was my life forever. And then my, my thing that I also do is I like looking at the people who, have been so busy and so taxed that the only reason that they could go either way is because look, I'm exhausted and this shit is confusing. And my answer is buddy, I get it. I can give you cliff notes on my position. And if you've got an idea, but you can't quite put your thing on it, I'll just ask you questions. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. And like, that's the best I can do. And I found that also what's really weird. It's like, I helped kill a bill and I don't think it was just me. I actually think it was everybody else. But I got to testify on the idea of um, trans care for youth being child abuse. Like they were going to try to get that into committee. Like just get it in Which the Which is wild the, considering the all the things that people can do right now to kids. Right. And at so all. <laughs> the, the actual bill itself was 
this, this text of the words was HB 417 was to change the definition of child abuse to include gender affirming care for minors. That was Mm -hmm. it. And then the longest part of the bill was how much it would spend to enforce that law, which by the way was, was astronomical. Oh yeah. Well, cause now you can fucking like, and if you're, if you're a fucking libertarian and you, for a second, think that that's okay. You're not that's, a libertarian, bud. But that would, yeah, that was my take on it. <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, you're absolutely not. I should be, I should be clear to, to full disclosure to the audience. Like politically, I've always been undeclared. Um, I'm not a Democrat. I grew up in a pretty conservative household. Um, but at the same time, I have some views that people probably think are like, you know, pretty left. Uh, but that's because the social ones are what I care about. And I was, uh, I, I was only, they were only going to allow two minutes for everybody to speak. Now there were five bills going on at the same time, all of them targeting trans youth. My wife journey was in the big, the big hall talking about this one where, you know, everybody has to ride out a trans kid. And then I was in one where the child abuse one, Mm -hmm. they were only giving us two minutes because so many people were there. I got up, I was told I only had two minutes. So I just told him the truth. I was like, listen, my grandfather owned the barbershop that many of you got your haircut for 40 years right down here by the state house. This is part of my life. I'm going to, you know, we're, there's been a lot of fear. There's been a lot of stuff going on here. I'm just going to give you statistics because I work in medical research. And I went over for the past five years alone, just how many surgeries, how many drugs, how many things people are given. And when we weren't even getting to like, you know, five digits like 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 and by that i mean like in the tens of thousands we were going like really small numbers like i was i've when i finally got to the surgery part i think that's where i swayed people because they kept me there asking questions where i was like yeah there's been 262 between 1998 and 2020 there were only 262 surgeries on minors and out of genitals like period none under 13 absolutely none and maybe 56, and that, did, that possibly also counted intersex um, corrective surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, and then I was like, okay, and now to make y'all uncomfortable, 80% of every male New Hampshire resident has been circumcised. Yeah. And we did not elect for that. Um, our parents were doing either culturally or medically what they thought was in the best interest. They didn't take it lightly or you'd hope they didn't. <laughs> and because it was societally like acceptable, we don't think about it. And then I was asked questions about, you know, listen, we always hear it takes a village. Like this is a conservative guy. We always hear it takes a village or we don't believe parents know that what's best or, 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 or kids. Wait, know, wait, 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 um, was he coming out against the concept of it takes a village? He, he, he was, he found um, that often, that type of argument, he hears it as an emotional plea about community rather than anything that's fact-based or about the individual. So he, he was a pretty cool, like he, he was an older Republican guy, but he was like, how do you, he's like, how do you square your argument with the, it takes a village? Because I was talking about an in, as an individual, like what, what we should do as an individual parent. And I was like, okay, I was like, I'm not a Democrat. What I can tell you is this. Nobody has their child come to them 
and say, I think I'm another gender. And they slap their hands together and say, to the operating table. No good parent would do that. Yeah. You're talking, there, there are a lot of things in place. You have to go see a therapist. You have to go to a doctor. You need to exhaust all that. And also, it is a developing child. So nobody is doing that. And with due respect to the kids, and I mean, you're one of your kids, you know, and in your entire world, you're much closer mm-hmm. to the people that, that know this. You're better to talk about right. it. From my understanding, not even any of the kids slap their hands together and say, you know no. what? I'm, I'm a different gender. Like, the the mm-hmm. difficulty of dealing with that has to be fucking insane. And, and, and boy it, puberty it, it, was just a, a lot for yeah. me and it's the easiest of the puberties with all due respect i don't know how you yeah. add additional complications to that and you're just like yep i'm sure about everything right now yeah. just a hundred percent running off half cocked hop on the motorcycle now, like, now is it po- now is it possible that somebody like you know hit the gas to be as supportive of their kid as possible sure but medically and everything else you can't just go give me estrogen or give me testosterone. No, You're yeah. not going to do that. The the the, the situation's it, already yeah. in place, right? Like, and, it, and I t- and I yeah, and there are laws in place. There's there's medical due process. There's all of that. So it's it's bullshit to think that it's going to just happen. And when I finished that, I was like, listen, I I you know I hope I answered your question. He's like, very well, thanks. And like they and then they just wanted my paperwork to like to to vet my my stuff but then there were way more powerful speakers there were trans kids there were there were you know parents the the other side had this is you know the devil and you know what i do kind of give i want to get like i i slagged new hampshire off in one way but i want to give some praise to my state that people should realize um we're angry we're an angry group of people we live on this big granite slab and we don't like being bullshit like bullshitted like we don't like people lying to us they also don't like people on their own side lying them too too much like like the weird fascists yeah if it's comfortable lie they'll hold it but they know when they're being sold a line of shit Mm -hmm. and if you can just look at them and say look i'm not on the side that you hate more than the truth i'm not so that's why i'm telling you right now that don't be so quick to high five this weird like you know, evangelical lady from Loudon who keeps losing custody of her children and foster children when you could just talk to somebody who actually does this shit, like who like actually knows about medical research. I was like, yeah. you're smarter than that. And that and worked. I mean, the, from the other side and just watching from a distance, you know, um, and seeing the kind of people that are coming out against, um, you know, uh, gender affirming care. And it's, and it's also, it's just, it's care. Like that's what they're coming out against. It's not specifically gender affirming surgery. That's not the main part of the thing. No, it's all no, of they, it. They're, they're, they don't want against, the kids to be cared they don't even for. Want a, they don't even want a psychiatrist to entertain it, except to say you need to be like converted back to being a straight boy or straight girl, which has no like, basis in any sort of science. No, no, at all. And and so like I feel like that that's the part that it's going that far. And like then. You know, now we've got people being like, well, all trans people are terrorists because they knew that the devil thing wasn't working. They knew they knew the groomer thing was losing all of its power because all of the youth pastors who have been coming out against trans people are getting caught doing very. It's bad a, things. Parade. A, a parade, a parade of child a abusers 
Yeah. And none of them are the parents of these kids who are, like, crying. Like, I literally just need a fucking shot every month so I feel like I'm in my own body. It's all I want. And then I want to be left the fuck alone. Agreed. And (laughs) I don't want to talk to your kids about your shit. I want to go back to work at the goddamn Jimmy John's, all right? Leave me the fuck alone. But this is, I think, where I think that a lot of the moderate right wing and I say moderate right wing. I know generally, like, yeah. But but for the U.S. moderate right wing, the thing about a lot of New Hampshire uh, independents and conservatives is they moved to a spot where they thought people wouldn't be so fucking weird. And so when they hear people extremely banning something, it does fight to the spiritual libertarian part of all of us in New Hampshire, which is no, you cannot fucking tell me to do that, especially if you were railing against masks like a year ago. And telling us nobody should have a right to tell you what to do with your children. You can't do that here either. Because it's quite clearly not about anyone but you. It's whatever's bugging you at the moment. Not Exactly. It's not about us. (laughs) Yeah, right. Where I think that in some of the southern um, red states, it's really about I got to hurt these people because they're taking away the stuff that made me feel fine. Uh, They're making me think about things. I think think it's very similar to what – you're experiencing in New Hampshire too. Um, mm-hmm. oh, I, I live yeah. in I live in Louisville, Kentucky, baby. Like I'm in yeah, the fucking I'm in the heart of it. But I can tell you this: uh, North Dakota is a more racist and like bigoted oh, state than fuck Kentucky I, I, can be. Do you feel that Kentucky is just more gerrymandered, and that's why they? It's ridiculous. The majority that went over the uh, veto. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculously gerrymandered. Um, it, 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 it's it insane. It is. Yeah. Um, it, it has to be. Cause like I was, I was watching some of the stuff that was happening in your, in your state house. And all I could think to myself was, Oh shit. Like that guy just looking at him. The only way he got in is because they basically found three city streets that stretched across the state and made it a ward for him. Like I was like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. If, if you ever look it up, it looks like a bunch of, it's a crooked ass bunch of keys and stuff. I mean, Louisville has more, I, I think, I won't look up the numbers, but I live in the, the city I live in has more population in it than like the surrounding 10, 15 counties. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, we, we are also, we make more money than the 10 or 15 surrounding. We are the economic hub of the uh-huh. entire state. If, if Louisville, Kentucky stopped paying taxes, Hazard County goes under tomorrow. And I don't mean like in a few days, I mean, tomorrow they have to start firing cops. Like, immediately so that they can have the fucking electric stay on for the stoplights, which they might not do. But the, the thing is sign when you got to fire the one thing that everybody claims that they always need (laughs) that do. And it's, it's, it's bad right now in Kentucky, mostly because uh, we have just shit Democrat shit ass uh, DNC Democrats sneak in here. And we have no real support from, uh, third party entities and stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of socialist ground movements and stuff. People that actually give a fuck about people, but you know, there's racism in Kentucky dead ass, but I went to the Breonna Taylor protest. I literally walked to them from my house. It took me five right. minutes to get to it. And I it's remember packed, packed left to right. And uh, you know, shit, shit is going to pop off here and it does suck. But you know, I, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind, even though it is bad. Fuck mm-hmm. the Kentucky legislature hardcore. Fuck all of them. That's the, the oh, yeah. it's it's weird that they all get to meet together once a year and they're not all wearing the pointy hats. That's fucking wild for them. 
Yeah, but, shout out. Sh- <laughs> but surely because they're wearing their little white dresses, we can have them arrested, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be if we had cops that were worth a shit fucking rolling up and uh arresting them under the fucking that that law cuz you know they always have their fucking kids at them. That would be fucking hilarious. But uh you know, I, there is a there's a spot of light in all of these seemingly republican areas, you know. There's a lot of people yeah. there and the 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 difference in in Kentucky is only like, I think it's 55 to 45, you know, in favor, in favor of conservatives. But a lot of those conservatives are like, you're talking, most of them are like, leave me alone. I want to run my farm. There's not as much endemic inherent fire and brimstone racism as you'd think. It's just a lot of people that are older and they're confused because they get brain poisoned by Fox news. The worst Mm. racists live in the suburbs of my city. They fucking go to work at the fucking Louisville Metro Police Department. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah, sorry if I I went now I went off on the tangent. No, no. And I think that one thing that we also got to remember is you talk about population. Like we have far less people in our state, I think, than you do. And probably, and that's yeah, probably not by a lot because it's Kentucky. But when people talk about our one thing that I also want to say that's really good about our our state is that nobody. Uh, realized that they had hit the wasp's nest of angry uh, queers, moderates, and independents until they started doing this shit. Yes. And, 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 and I was literally hearing this fucking female chud next to me who actually shows up on the Steve Bannon podcast all the time saying the dumbest shit ever. She's, she's muttering under her breath. I was like, you fucking asshole. I was born and raised here. I don't know where you're from, Bleach Blonde, but I know it isn't from here. Like, you are a fucking carpetbagger. Like, we, like, up here, like, we don't care. Like, you know, like, you can make out with whatever fella or lady you want. If you shoot straight, you got beef jerky, and you are fucking annoyed at people. You're a New Hampshireite. And, and, yeah. like, the, the, and like, that, I think, is why so many people didn't get involved for a long time. And then once they watched their cousins and their neighbors and everybody started getting screwed with, we saw an influx, a rush of people coming out in support because New Hampshire is, New Hampshire is the um, rapidly aging teenager slamming the door saying, you can't tell me what to do. And we do it to each other just as much as we do it to the nation. Mm -hmm. We fucking voted for McCain even after Bush won the, uh, the, the 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 nomination in 2000 because they did him so dirty in South Carolina there was a huge like people thought oh New Hampshire it's it went blue no it didn't most of the New Hampshire rights were we still had McCain on the ballot we voted for him and we did it because we were like fuck Bush and then we didn't vote for him again because of the Iraq war yeah and like and like that's that that's the other part of it like it it's an interesting mutant we're a weird mutant up here and I feel like, you know, maybe we'll go down like Mothman or a Sasquatch being hit by a combine. I don't know. But like right now, we're an interesting place to live and journey and like so many groups like 603 Equality and like a bunch of other places are doing what they can to keep the independent true spirit of New Hampshire alive, which is the listen, be there for your fucking neighbors. Don't be an asshole. And I don't care what you do. Oh, man, this. Wow. We've been talking an hour. Um, and, and I, I'm still awake, but like, I'm just saying, like, we have talked nothing about any of the stuff you wanted to talk about. No, this is good, man. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to stay too focused. I, I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm just breathing. 
I'm having a good yeah. time. I'm not trying to hang out. Do you want to hang out for a bit? I'm here. Or do you got to go? No, I'm not leaving. Um, I but, looked it up, by I, the way, I, and your state is puny. It is small. We have yeah. 4.5 million. You have mm-hmm. 1.3. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> no, I'm just we, we, are, we are a slightly more stretched out Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, when I looked it up, Rhode Island, you guys get compared to that. We get compared to um, uh, Tennessee and Louisiana for whatever reason. Yeah. Tennessee because it's next door. Yeah, and I guess basically, I don't, but but not Ohio because I think Ohio is way bigger. Ohio has a fuck load of people in it. It is Ohio. Like, Ohio is nuts. That's where I'm from. Ohio used to be I cool know. too. We used to be more like y'all, but like the Trump shit fucking went went wild, and like it changed the entire like makeup of the state. Before I we feel, were like fifty yeah. fifty, and. It was kind of like I was I was happy about it because like sometimes we go blue, sometimes we go red. And when we were a swing state, it feels like we had more play because people would come and ask us shit. But now that it's kind of like routinely red, like no one gives a fuck about Ohio anymore. It's like they gave up their power to win in a weird way. But also, like you were saying, we had carpetbaggers in fucking Kentucky. We had this guy named Matt Bevan, who was the governor. And he was, I think, from New Hampshire, actually. Sounds right. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he lost and went home. Like, just he he's like, I'm going to fucking be here. I am never going to give up on the uh, whatever the fuck uh, on on this state. I love this state. I'm here for that. And then like literally the day after he won. Oh, shit. The day after he lost. Yeah. The day after he lost, um, he the his fucking house went up for sale. (laughs) Yeah. He's from uh, Shelburne, New Hampshire. (laughs) We'll never give up. Oh shit, we didn't win. We're gonna fucking go. <laughs> Matt Bevan, New Hampshire's favorite asshole. Like for, for real. For That's real. for you. Oh my god. You can tell I've been sleep deprived. I've been I've been so sick for the past month, man. I'm no, just... no, I get it. I got sick three times last last year. Like it well, was it was insane. I got COVID back to back and was out for a mm-hmm. month, and then I got the flu flu. Just the original, the, the the OG. Yeah, and six months later. Yeah, and it was like uh, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to the hospital. There's sick people there, and I don't know if it's necessarily like I should go get a flu shot. And I got the fucking flu. Well, the flu shot's a vaccine, so after you get, if you're in the middle of the flu, it's just protecting you from another influenza. I know. I'm just fucking dumb, man. And also, I, I didn't have the car at the time. You, you know how it is. But tell I know me how that is. Before I forget, before we start falling asleep like a bunch of old men, tell me about the Colonize and Discover. Tell this me about the, the festival. I love, I love that you're asking. So Decolonize and Discover is a three-day festival that happens from June 16th through June 18th of this year. It's, it's been happening. It's the second one. It's been happening on Juneteenth weekend. And what this is, is it brings together sci-fi um, writers, horror writers, podcasters, musicians, LARPers, um, urban BMX racers, DJs, and other weird nerds all together. But it's with a focus on the creators in the community that are coming from, as they put, as they've been putting it this year, the global majority. And so that, and so for those of you who might've heard like, and didn't understand BIPOC, black indigenous people of color, um, queer spaces. So basically people who have been historically marginalized in the West these are people whose perspectives are based on that otherness or even in spite of it. And so 
my wife really had noticed that. So for so to give you some history about my personal life, Tyler, I think you know this, but I met Journey in Connecticut when we before we started dating. I met Journey via fire at a LARP where they were this black like like black fucking rad ass half elf from like this this continent that they had made up because everything was mad eurocentric so like they worked into their whole storytelling background and it was embraced by the by the larp really well and they were like like the most badass motherfucker and i was essentially a muppet barbarian of the woods why were you a muppet I, because I'm, I, I often refer to myself as basically a muppet. Like I, 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 they gave me no direction. I was, I was doing cast. They were like, "You're this. You're part of this barbarian tribe. Um, we're all up here." And like the guy's giving out names, and he's like, "You, you're like quiet wolf, and you're this." And then they're like, "You're pissing jackal." And then I like looked at them, and I was like, "Wait a minute." And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "Pissing jackal." I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "And we came from around here." Yeah. And I was like, "And everybody's white." I was like, yeah. I was like, did have any of you seen a jackal? Do you know where they live? And they're like, don't be like that. I'm like, no, I'm just saying, like, if we are a tribe that has only ever lived in this woods, how the fuck do we know what a jackal is? True. And then I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, screw it, man. My name is Meep. And they're like, what? It's Meep. <laughs> I just went out. And I was fucking Meep. And uh, and like, I was I was having fun. She, we shared some we shared some fucking chicken together. Um. And they were charming as fuck. But one of the things that Journey has always said, it's like, look, a lot of these LARPs are wicked Eurocentric, even if they're like based in the future. And there are other people making some cool ass things out there. And I would like to focus on them. And I'd like to also try to get more people from different backgrounds to try this type of imagination or try this type of like genre bending fiction or punk rock music or things that, that are really for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so let's find the people who are doing those things and let's bring them all together. And it's all inclusive. Like you don't have to be of a different background. You can be a white person. You can be a white straight dude. And if you've got an open mind, you want to see cool shit, you are more than welcome to be a part of this festival. And what it is, is it's all about showing people a uh, an unbiased mindset of what could be possible if you enriched your game with with deeper flavor or if you or if you accessed uh, writing mm-hmm or perspectives that were other than your own in a more support in a supportive, you know, stable environment. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking amazing. We had no idea how it was going to go last year. It was a huge hit to the point that the, that the venue folks and everything were, was like, are you doing this next year? And the answer was like, of course we are. Hell yeah. And so it's a lot bigger and we're going to be doing it this year. Tickets are on sale now, decolonizeanddiscover.com. There's even a podcast now that we started for it, and it's on its fourth episode coming out. Um, we're, going to, we're, we're doing it all the way leading up to the festival and probably beyond, where we're focusing on not just people who are going to the festival, but for people around the country and even the world um, who have taken their unique perspectives and their, and their otherness and have used it to make amazing fucking art. Hell and yeah. it. And one of the people that we just interviewed now, um, as of this, as of the recording, was Cat Brooks, who is the captain of the U.S. Armored Combat Sports Team, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know, night fighting, like as a competitive sport, like jousting, like 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 the actual like melee, like off horseback fighting. 
um, that, in armor with weapons. Is there yeah. another one of those two? There's actually a team in Kentucky. There's a team in, in Tennessee. Uh, the History Channel actually used to show uh, night fights, which like like a history of this, like basically all about these people. Mm-hmm. And and Cat Cat's team from New Hampshire went to the main competition down in Nashville last year, and they won the rights to represent the United States in the global competition in Spain. You know the Why fucking did, Spanish people are going to be taking that shit way too serious. It it was on television. That's fucking um, awesome. Like it like and so the funny part about all this for for all you know is the reason why this was noteworthy is that this team more than any other team in the United States is basically the gayest queerest team. And like they are the most badass fighters in this style. Like they're winning like national and world championships. And it's because they are fucking badass. And, and like when, and, and so we, we, they were asking, uh, that Je- journey and Jess Negron, who is an amazing game developer, um, who has a game coming out on steam soon. They, uh, they were like, okay, so why, you know, like we noticed your queer, the queer stuff, all that, like what, what was going on? Like, tell us what that experience was. And, and cat put it pretty succinctly. He, he was like, um, well, we all knew what we were, but based on the reaction and with the tenor of stuff, we came out and we were the big, burly, queer dudes because we're the people you can't fuck with. Hell and yeah. So we were, we were there to be like, you know, like when we would win, sometime, in some areas, people would get really quiet or come up with excuses of how the queers beat them, like why, why, why they beat them as opposed to like, you know, you were just a bested. And, and they felt that kind of it was sort of like a moral imperative to be out and proud because they had, they had a responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. And, and I thought that that, that knocked me out. I was like, wow, that's fucking great. And it was like, we're not there to push an agenda, but we're not going to hide who we are for respectability because who we are is already respectable. And I was like, that's fucking dope. I've got a lot of, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Say it. No, say yeah. I've got a lot of respect for this, um, this sort of, uh, I guess new phase of um, queer visibility, I guess you would say, because for a long time it was this, especially like in the nineties, especially Mm -hmm. it feels like it stagnated. You know what I'm saying? And it became this like corporate thing. And for, for some reason, everybody else that was not, you know, in Hollywood, it was like, you have to do the Hollywood version of a gay thing. Like you have to be toothless. You, you can you either be, be out. yeah, toothless and out, uh, and flamboyant and fun, or maybe mm-hmm. quiet and in a corner. And you can wear leather if you're not pretty. And then um, if you're a lesbian, you are either pretty or you are angry. And we will you will vanish. You will Shorthand. vanish in a night. We will put you in the Rosie O'Donnell room, and no right. one will ever see you again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's good to see. All of that corporatist, right. uh, rainbow capitalist shit starting to fucking like it become. It, 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 everyone finds it distasteful, like and I like washing, seeing rainbow these. washing. Yeah, and uh, I, I appreciate that these people are creating and mm-hmm. like dominating spaces that they deserve to have. You know, a lot of credit, not just being in because you know it's like, hey. 
welcome. You're here now. But a lot of times because it's like, hey, you know, queer people made this. And even if it wasn't because they were queer, like they were at the time and they just Mm -hmm. couldn't be out about it. So actually you were here the whole time. Right. Start to finish. You've been here. Sorry, you named it and get to be up on the fucking feature board where it was supposed to be the whole time. So for so a conversation that we were having with um, Honey Child Coleman, who is was the is the front woman for uh, the eighteen sixty five and so many other amazing musical um, projects in New York, black punk rocker, fucking solid solid talent like Polymath, was something that we had in common because she came from Kentucky. Um, so like she was a, from a smaller town. I'm from a wicked small town. And one thing that we found was that all of the, all of the different people of different ethnicities in our areas and, and, and every weird outcast, it was actually the, the underground queer cultures around us where we found a lot of acceptance and the ability to kind of ignore the, the hegemony. Oh man, I'm tired. Um, the really homogenous bullshit that's like mm-hmm. around us. And, and I think that that, it, it, that's always like an important thing to see. So when you're saying like, yeah, some things came from queer culture, like all the stuff from black culture, like people like punk rock, look at the whole first wave of punk. And also the, the fathers of hardcore music, bad brains, mm-hmm. black, 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 black. And like, I think that that's like, th- that's the other thing that like decolonize and discover was there for was to also show people the odd history of a lot of the shit that we take for granted as like this cool fucking edgy counterculture stuff that wasn't lily white as you would see it and yes and to celebrate that shit and so like one of the things that we've also been trying to let people know too is like for for us and why we want everybody to go is because we are at an inflection point where joy and imagination and creativity is still just as important as learning how to shoot or getting a go bag or learning how to tie a tourniquet you can't you can't shut off your expression, folks. Like you, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to, to keep your soul alive too, because being a member of the sentient walking dead after all this is over, isn't going to help fucking anybody. No. Um, and so decolonize and discover is, is the big burly queer in the room. It is the, it is the out and proud, you know, raised, you know, brown fist. It is the, you know, it, it it is like our our dear like Asian brothers sisters and siblings like coming out and showing their unique perspective. We're bringing everybody together. There's like an adults only night that, that's on Fridays because we know that there are some people who like you know they want to let their hair down a bit. And by adults only, we don't mean like it's like eyes wide shut. We mean <laughs> there's going to be a burlesque show on Friday. Yeah. And like, and, and it's going to be amazing. And one of my favorite people that performs is Curly Bright. And she's this awesome, like Filipino, like, you know, nerdlesque person who does these crazy anthropomorphized acts. She did, she did one as stitch from Lilo and stitch. That was fucking amazing. And like, I've thought about it for like a year solid because like, she is so funny and she's super talented. And like, we want to have that night. We have the family day, which is on Sunday. And then Saturday is this big general audience, like panel discussions, cool vendors. We feed everybody the whole fucking way through. We have uh, two bands, a DJ. We have a bunch of weird like LARP mods uh, that people can try out. So even if LARPing wasn't your thing, it's these fun little hour long sessions where people can 
try on this bullshit. Um, the cat and his knight group are going to actually do a knight fight demo. And they also are running something called the old LARP, which was a Warhammer fantasy based LARP that they do. Um, but it's based on the old original first edition, which was very anti-fascist. Yeah. So like it's, it's like a parody game. So like, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And it's also just a a thing that, you know, I come on like really blustery proud. Like you, 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 you bring up the, uh, you bring out a very like fun, um, tongue in cheek, making fun of uh, toxic masculinity in me, Tyler. You do that. So like, cause when, I when we am, started, I am toxic masculinity. All right. But, but, I am, I, I am. It's I, collective I spirit. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but like, but like, I love, I, 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 I like the way that we started with the energy of this podcast. Like, I'm wondering if people like, turned me off after five minutes they're like who the fuck is this oh great there's two of them no they're my fans they're 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 down they're down they know you guys know but show show steve some love but but i think that the truth of it is that um you know you, you that same energy i still have for the idea of creating a space for people and i i've seen the way you interact with your community you have a real sincere touch with this you know like you seem to really give a shit about the people that are on your discord, for example. Oh yeah. And, um, and, the, the, and, and I love all seven of them. <laughs> yeah. I lurk. I'm eight. Um, but, uh, that's because I'm texting you heartfelt, heart, heartfelt love letters of characterization. Oh, yes. but, Thank uh, you. But, but, but my whole thing is, is that, um, and this has been a very big thing for me. Uh, I had a lot of, uh, series of psychological like breaks and reckonings like in my adult life and in the last seven years i've found a lot of peace and in that peace has been this desire to build community that's actually good for people who might have had a few scars to kind of like get past that bullshit and to interact with human beings again in like a really safe and like decent way and I've been blessed to have not only a partner who is really good at that type of work, but some friends in the area who really have the mission of let's let's make the right spots. Let's not make the ancestral mistakes in a lot of these subcultures again. Let's figure out what we can do. And there's a lot of removing of squeaky stairs occasionally. And sometimes you hear some drama that really fucking bums you out. But we're trying to be reparative and we're also trying to find and like, you know, I'm a huge um, sucker for redemption arcs for people. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I mean that like in real life. And I think that, you know, we're trying to find a place where people can, you know, be good and just don't trespass with folks. And, you know, let's 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 find a better way to do this shit. And fuck man i it sounds weird but like it's gotten me really emotional of of late that we're actually doing shit that you know makes people feel good yeah it's wild isn't it yeah i don't need to be the center of attention so much like i was just the protagonist of our last Mm storyline um i reprised my role john um we did a our fifth season for those of you it's called second course and it's the sequel to our first season which was squirrels which was this uh Story about a creepy farm where people go up and uh, pay a premium service to unload some of their burdens, we'll say. Um, well, it's it's great. Go and check it out. Hell yeah. Um, but like I, 
I've actually used our podcast not really to feature myself a lot. Like I do a lot of bit bit roles, which you've heard me do, Tyler. Like mm-hmm. I, I will I'll often be like these weird side characters, but I try to keep myself out of our collaborations because it's really about focusing on the story or it's about focusing on a point of view where it's like I've I've had enough spotlight. I want to try to make sure that people get theirs. As and opposed to to my podcast, where I am even the I am even the fucking gunshot sound effects with my stupid face. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like I, but but you see, like I think for me, the reason I don't do that is that I had a hard time wanting to to be in front of people, even though I was naturally an extrovert. But mm-hmm. like a lot of a lot of crazy shit went on for a while, and for me. What's been more healing and has allowed me to be more social with folks is that I'm I, I'm kind of like in like I don't know like Pathfinder or like old fantasy type tropes. I'm like the bard who's there to like make everybody be celebrated. Like I'm I want to be the support role for people. I don't want to be um, center stage all the time anymore. I don't I don't like it um, because I feel like I'm bored of me. <laughs> uh, and that's just a personal taste like journey thinks that's fucking ridiculous and gets upset at me when i like i don't know kill a character i'm playing off really quickly like like you know like is like why did you do that and the answer was well i that character wasn't needed anymore you know like we, we're, we're doing something bigger no and, i respect uh, the hell out of that um it takes uh it takes a lot to step back more than i have I'm just kidding. But um, no, um, that's the thing I love about my wife. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's a thing that people have trouble expressing, especially Americans, especially fucking Americans. And Uh that is that I am part I'm fine being part of the crew. I do not have to be the star of the show. I do not have to be the most important thing happening right now. And. I know I'm the fucking literal star in my show, but it's not like I have a fucking choice. I can't, I can't can't do, uh, I can't do like casting and stuff. It's too weird for me. I feel like I've got one or two of being able to ever do that in me. And I'm going to save it for like trying to make a movie or something. But, um, yeah, like my wife loves helping make stuff, you know? And like, I fuck, I absolutely, I wouldn't make shit if I didn't have her. So she's just as important to me. And to like the podcast existing as I yeah. am, because it, it's, oh, yeah. it's two sides of the same coin, you know, but I would get like, I, you know, if I get the credit, I get the credit. And I think that's not so much a short coming with me or anybody that likes to be in the spotlight sure. so much as it is just the way that people view it, you know? And I think it does get toxic too, because then you do get these things where suddenly you know, you have uh, an Asian American fucking actress in that uh, that that Star Wars film who becomes a lightning rod for every minor problem that happened with the film, even though she was, you know, passingly okay to good mm-hmm. in the movie. I, I can't remember that much about it. It was a Star Wars film. It was fine, you know. But like, she definitely didn't deserve to get scared out of fucking Hollywood by racists because fucking of terrible. yeah, because she got pushed forward because of this toxic star culture individual, you know, things can't be great if I don't have some gigantic person there who is representative of the entire thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, I have a lot of respect for you as a creator for that because, you know, you, 
you, even if you're not, you know, trying to be the star or something, you're a very good, um, I'm accepting my BAFTA and I've got the crew behind me. You're, you know, you've got that good vibe. You go up oh, there thanks. and, you know, you bring the people along with you and that's fucking awesome. You know, for, for better or, or for worse, it's fucking wonderful that you're doing these things and that you're getting your, your family and your friends and people you care about and people who just, you know, want a first chance. You know, there's a lot of people that I've gotten to talk to with you and it's their first time voice acting and yeah, Jartsy. And you know, you work them through it. Some of them have been in there a few times. Some people Mm -hmm. have never done this or they've never done that. And you know, you just working with them, it opens up a whole fucking world and you don't have to be, you know, we, we don't have to be Denny Villeneuve or whatever the fuck. Uh, it's the first, right. you know, actor or director I came up with um, to make an artistic impact on the world or to make, uh, you know, to, to create a, uh, a, a a space of growth for people. And it's fucking amazing that you're doing that. And, you know, I just I just want you to know I appreciate the vibe. I love it. I love that whichever path's oh, out there. I love that Stephen LaFon's out there making shit. I love that Journey LaFon's out there fucking co-writing tag team monster duo with you. And uh, I'm sorry, like folks at home, we'll, we'll do another one of these. Don't worry. This isn't the last you're going to hear of the fucking the, the LaFon crew. Yeah, you're going to need to get Journey on here. Yeah, <laughs> Journey's a fucking trip. She, or they are fucking amazing. Like a, a 10 yeah. out of 10 fucking energy every time. But hey, you know. You guys are out there making stuff happen and, you know, they're tired right now, which is perfectly fucking fine. Um, <laughs> dealing with my ass is it can be a problem. And usually it is me and you just fucking popping off way too much. And then they're like, y'all got to fucking bring it down now. Yeah. Come, come we, back, come back in, bring it in. Our recording <laughs> sessions, just so you guys know, on season four for Century, we would we would either start late or we'd end very late. Because yeah. then our two jackass, jackasses, like we would just keep fucking talking, and Journey would be like, "All right, you're done." <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, right. it, "It's Tuesday, and the kids have to go to school tomorrow." So you know, yeah. it being twelve thirty, <laughs> time to shut things down. Oh, um, I remember we started one of them, and we started talking, and we went for a full hour, and then we were like, "Oh wait, we record. were recording fiction." some point here and i i'm all dried out and i gotta i gotta work through this yeah we was my we, motivation we did that, be, Steve, we did that between, we, we, well yeah we had a bullshit session between takes of a line and that was fucking terrible yeah um but 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 i think that that's also the funny part is that um I like I appreciate the comment, like the compliment, because like one of the things that I kind of want to do with my life, like until I'm dead, is to just help platform and like get great stuff. I don't need credit. You know, people can start here. There's actually we've had actors on our shows who have gone on to have even bigger shows than ours um, because they got inspired. And that is like probably the best thing that I could see happen. No, I love how out of the loop I am because I didn't realize that Harlan Guthrie was the malevolent guy. Yeah. And like he was in there and was like, oh, yeah, what? But you're in this with me. Okay, that's cool. Good that you had time. I thought he was busy with like, you know, life or something. Apparently, he's just running one of the biggest podcasts in the fucking space right now. Yeah, one of the top rated podcasts in the world. Like Harlan, Harlan has always been the most sincere and sweet person. And 
that's been great. Like they're like also like um one of my favorite people that we worked with too was um MJ Bailey. Um yes. does the Oracle of Dusk mm-hmm. uh and a bunch of other stuff from Miscellaneous Studios it was fucking amazing. Um and uh Deej Silvis, um like DJ Silvis, Moonbase Theta Out uh was was on our was on our show. Uh <laughs> Did you have one of the uh, Oz Nine people on? Several, several. Um, okay, several, and uh, also uh, David S. Deer from Ninth World Journal, and mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere else because the dude's fucking ear delicious. Um, I feel like we're like one of those. What I like, what I say sometimes about whichever path, which journey would like probably kick the crap out of me if I say it again, but I'm gonna say it here so I can get yelled at later. I feel like what we are sometimes is like we're like a group of studio session musicians that everybody loves and you come and jam with and then y'all go over and you do like these amazing shows like beyond what we do and it feels really good because like when people latch onto our show they get diehard and rabid like we have a very respectable following but i i love when people who are bigger come to our show and get to play something that they never get to play and have a lot of fun with those roles and then people can celebrate it. And when I hear people who love it, it's great. Although the best thing that I've ever seen that happen is Journey and I were in DC once and there was somebody with a Sin Eater Squirrels t-shirt from our from our tea public store. And That's I didn't know who the fuck they were. And it blew my mind. Yeah, my uh I had one of those. Um uh, my one of my books is ending up in a somebody's like book club for their their students. So they're going to, they're going to have, they have my, a copy of the eyes beneath my father's house available on amazon.com. There you go. Plug. Um, and it's like, wait, wait, what? Why is it out there? Who, who has that? It's so strange. Cause you, you spend all this time. It's like, I really want my art to be out in the world. And then it's like fucking seeing your kid in public when you didn't expect to, you know, Agreed. like what, what the fuck? How? Hey, <laughs> who told you you could be out here unaccompanied? Oh man. <laughs> No, but uh, but 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 fucking, but uh, whichever path is it, it, it slaps, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Again, everybody, if you get a second right now, pop on over whichever path. It's whicheverpath.com, one word. Which is W I T C H, like a which ever yep. path. Yeah, we got a fun pun for y'all. Yes, and the current ongoing story is. Uh, just finished. Just um, finished we, squirrels. We just we just finished uh, second course, which is the second sequel course. To squirrels. God damn it! And, S's and, uh, S's. Uh, yeah, the, we had some alliteration there. Um, and what will be happening next is we have another story that'll be coming out. I think starting in May. Um, and Did you guys ready. put out so many stories. You're blowing through. I don't feel that bad about messing up because I've been doing the one sin carriers for like a fucking year. <laughs> it yeah, was but- half a year before the last one ended that I started the new one. And then I'm like, okay, I looked away from my Patreon for two seconds. I can definitely catch up on this next season before I talk to Steve and it's a different goddamn story. Like, nah. But I'm excited about the content. I'm excited about it, but I don't. I, I- I don't yeah. listen smartly enough and I, I fucking, I can't vote. And every once in a while I'm like, I want to be supportive and I want to vote. But if I vote and I haven't read the story, that is a crime for which there is no forgiveness. I will be punished by something. Hardcore disagree because you add a chaos factor to that vote. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just the chaos just, factor. Just, 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 just go in and be like this, that one looks like trouble. 
<laughs> vote for that. And then if it wins, you probably have completely upset the apple cart. And well, there you go. Big consequences. All right, You're folks. Like, then yeah. you, you heard it first here. If you if you want to go add a chaos, you don't even want to listen to anything else. You just want to go to chaos. Head over to witchoverpath.com and then just vote. When there's a poll, just vote. Um, vote madly. Yeah. Follow yeah. Steve and Journey on Twitter, Decolonize and Discover at what is the ad for that? There's a, there's a, there's oh, an yeah, account sure. for that and there's an account let, for whichever path. So if you follow us at whichever path on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, if you want, if you're, if you're, if you're still on the strip mall, like, like, like grandpa Steven, um, you can do that. And then also for decolonize and discover, because there's a Twitter limit on the, on your name, I guess, unless you decide to give him money. Don't do that. No. It's, uh, at decolonize disc d i s c and 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 that is like where you can get more information about the festival as well as all of our crazy podcast episodes that are coming out each week um if you want to come up to new england and be be, be at this go to uh decolonizeanddiscover.com there are tons of uh, cabins that have you know electricity and various other things um we you can rent a tent you could actually even just buy a ticket and then find a place to stay like we're we we would love to have you pet friendly um, uh, pet friendly um we can check with the venue um really like <laughs> if you think that you've got a, a good boy um that's possible but also we want to be mindful of people who have pet allergies it's absolutely it's, it's about it's about eight and a half acres of land there's a stonehenge there's a giant medieval tavern and a bunch of other crazy shit there. Um, but yeah, like one, we have been talking with one of the guys from Yule Commons that we wanted to throw what was essentially a a good boy slash good girl um, LARP where it was like everybody bring their pets Hell yeah. if, they're, if they're sociable. Um, but but yeah, I would say that for you, we'll talk offline. Yeah, no, I wasn't asking specifically for me, but also I am specifically asking for me. I knew what you were doing. I know, yeah. Okay, uh, wrapping things up, though, patreon.com slash whichever path. And, of course, if you guys are interested in my stuff, stick around after the end of the interview, and I'll talk all about that. Thanks again, Steve LaFond, half of whichever path. All respect to Journey. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Tyler. All right, and that again was Stephen LaFond. Check out his stuff, whichever path at whicheverpath.com. By the way, that's which, whichever path. Don't forget that part. W-I-T-C-H-E-V-E-R-P-A-T-H dot C-O-M. Look at me fucking winning spelling bees and shit. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by and hanging out. Um... With me for another episode of the podcast. I really enjoy having you all here. I love you guys to death. If you like this this podcast and you like independent horror and audio drama, please check us out on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Westside Tyler. It's, uh, it's a party, a ball every day. Not a lot of people there. Not a whole gigantic big crew. But you could be one of them. You could hang out with us. You could be one of our, one of our, one of our friends. One of us. One of us. One of us. 
<laughs> and if you do join the uh, if you do join the Patreon, you get early access and ad free access to all of the episodes. Basically, they come out on the regular timeline, and at higher tiers, you can get access to really really cool shit like um, stories that haven't been released yet. Uh, in any case, I love you guys. Thanks for stopping by and hanging out. If you enjoyed this, please take a second to like it on, you know, whatever podcast listening device you're using. Good. Goodreads. Goodreads doesn't have podcasts. I was thinking about Audible. I don't know what people use to listen to podcasts anymore because I, I, I just I stopped paying attention to the other ones. And now it seems like it's almost all on Spotify and stuff. But you're, if you're on Spotify, hell yeah. Check us out. Uh, and give us a, a thumbs up, a like. I can't remember. Share it. Share this episode. Comment on it. If it's on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Click the bell as well. Do all that stuff. <laughs> Just outed myself as an Anthony Fantano fan. Um, we are going to have another episode of West Side Fairy Tales Ongoing Stories. Sin Carriers coming out very soon. And uh, you should check that out. Also, if there's anybody you want to see on this program, anything that you want to tell me, feedback that you want to send my way, please hit me up at westsidefairytales at gmail.com. That's westsidefairytales at gmail.com. And, uh, and you can reach right out to me and, and, and start a conversation with yours truly. Also, you can just use the, um, how do you call that? What do you say? What, how, how do you say that? You can use the form. At our uh, pot, at our, our, our <laughs> you can use the form on our website, westsidefairytales.com. We also have merch and stuff over there. But if you can use the form and the contact us area, if you want to reach out to me and contact me, even if you just want to say, like, hey, man, I love that shit, I really appreciate it. If you want to say something mean to me, don't, don't do it. Go do something else instead, you big bully. I'm sorry. I'm feeling a little slap happy. I've I've been having a good day. And I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode and that you have a good day too. And uh, with that, I'm going to wrap up the program. And I'd like to remind you to, uh, you know, enjoy yourselves. Be cool to everybody. And until next time, as always, stay safe out.